Hello, you are listening to Or So They Say, the podcast where two sisters travel small town America, one ghostly tale at a time. I'm Kelsey. And I am not the sister that you fondly recall. This is Brianna. <laughs> it's still a sister, though. As I was saying right. it, I realized it still counts. It still counts. It absolutely counts. So, one, we've there's a lot of differences here. One, Brianna is here with us today instead of Megan. She, Megan has fallen with child, so she, <laughs> she has to attend to that. Uh, also, someone went and got themselves uh, sick. I did. Right before doing this. I did. Uh, <laughs> bottom of the ninth here and uh, I, got hit with you COVID. You avoided COVID. Yeah. yeah, for the first time. I mean, I did get to go to Belize and Honduras and Mexico, so I suppose it was... Like pros and cons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we're doing this remotely, uh, which we've done before, which I do remember doing once before with Megan during like a, a winter storm. Yes. Yeah. So, so if it sounds different, I'm hoping in my editing I can make it cohesive. But if there's any kind of lag or we've tried to work in factoring delays, but hopefully that's not the case going forward. Hopefully. So happy Thursday. We're back again after only a week hiatus. At least it wasn't three months this time. Yeah, we'll make it work. <laughs> we will make it work. So on our journey through the alphabet that is the United States. If, if you're if you're keeping track at home, we're now in California, which I actually didn't know. We were trying to figure out last last time, and I, I did not recall. Well, and California was interesting because a lot of the haunted places that you're familiar with in California are pretty major metropolitan areas. I mean, California is right. big. Right. Well, I had the weird thought of like, are there really that this is silly because like ghosts know no bounds but i was like california is not as rich in history as say like you know massachusetts or virginia or anything like that so is there going to be as much like rich haunted history as the other east coast states well and luckily i mean when california you know really put on the map so to speak was during the gold <laughs> rush um you know that's to me, that's kind of California history starts with like the gold rush. Um, yeah. Which I'm sure it was before that. That probably sounds really ignorant. But, um, <laughs> you know, when you really think of the westward expansion and um, that would have really been that time frame. Um, and so there were, it looks like there were a lot of smaller cities um, that popped up during that time. Right. Yeah, I, I suppose so. <laughs> And but like you said, there are really big, notable haunted places in California. It was kind of hard to avoid some of the big names. And I don't know. In my mind, I feel like this is still a pretty. If you're in like the paranormal community, I feel like you would know this one. I had actually never heard of it. I found it really. Oh really? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean. It, it, but it has been covered by like the major yeah which i suppose we could tell them where we're going uh oh yeah we haven't we said haven't. that yet <laughs> um so we are in the city of i had to look up how to say this i own uh -huh. it's i own not i own i own okay. california okay at the preston castle um yes which it's been featured on uh ghost adventures yes yeah yeah. 
there's a lot of them. I had to think of which one it was. So, I mean, it's it's been covered. Um, right. I, I learned there's even a movie about it, which I wish I would have given myself time to watch, but there's just so much, so much happening. Yeah, I may actually go back and watch that movie because um, I did find the the history of this place to be really interesting. Right. And I think that's why we went ahead and decided to do this, even though it's a little it's more notable it's still a small town small town america but because isn't it like six thousand am i making that up well i could if you want i could just jump in because i've got i guess so you did do that right here (laughs) yeah so the following information is actually coming from the city of ion's website uh it is located in the fertile ion valley uh which was fertile very fertile like oh (laughs) (laughs) um it was believed to be named by thomas brown around 1849 after one of the heroines in edward bulwer lighten's drama the last days of pompeii that was really specific i know i found that really interesting like i'm gonna name (laughs) this place after this character good for you guy um, right. I, too, have been moved by plays so much right? that I would name an entire city after Absolutely. It. Welcome to the city of Fontaine. Oh, gosh. Ah, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, so um, d- this was during the days of the gold rush. So the miners called this town uh, by the names of Bedbug and Freeze Out. No context. So really like drawing, really like names that draw you in. Like I like bed bugs and freezing. Right. So. <laughs> well, there's no context. Is. It just says that it was known by the names of bed bug and freeze out. It's like, okay. Right. Um, but so a lot of the communities around the area were founded on gold mining. I own, however, was not a gold mining center. It was a supply center, stage and rail stop and an agricultural hub. Which makes sense, since it was so fertile. Yeah. (laughs) I just, I don't know why I don't like the word. I just don't. I'm totally going to keep using it. (laughs) (laughs) But so it it continued to grow and prosper after the gold rush founding. Um, This part I actually found really interesting. So at the centennial of the city... Uh, in 1876, I own had a population of 600, which included about 100 Chinese who lived in Ion's Chinatown. So this mm. city is only, I'm sorry, town, it's only 4.7 square miles. And it still that has... stresses me out. Right? But it still has a section that can, it's considered it's Chinatown. Fascinating. I, I guess so. <laughs> Uh, That'd be like the Asian market on Wabash for like Chinatown. Chinatown, yeah. But <laughs> the town included one public school, four churches, four general stores, one meat market, one laundry, one brewery, a restaurant, millinery shop, mil- millinery shop, there we go, an art gallery, six saloons, a drugstore, <laughs> and a barber shop, and many other business establishments. So, I mean, it was hopping little town they had a lot yeah. yeah they had a lot going for them uh sorry i know hopefully none of you get my cat i have a speaker a guest speaker who's decided <laughs> to latch on to me me so hopefully she's quiet for this she's really like right up in the microphone she, too she has a lot to say about this uh but she so, does she's very needy me too yeah the city of ion was incorporated in 1953 and it's now the largest city in amador county 
Um, but by largest city, uh, it's it's boomed to nine thousand people in twenty eighteen. And it's still, f- is it still four point seven square miles? It sure is. That is too many. That's too many people. <laughs> right. It's con- it's currently growing at a rate of two percent annually. Um, and according to the demographics, I found that this was kind of fascinating to me. Not so much the demographic breakdown, but they looked at the median income for the Mm -hmm. racial composition. So it's 75% white, 10% black or African-American, 8% other race, two or more races, 3%, 1% Asian, uh, a little less than 1% Native American, and 0.13% Native uh, Hawaiian or Pacific Islander. But for the Asian families, when they did this, um, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Uh, like the income yeah that or so the the when they did the census that's the word okay <laughs> um 100 of the asian families were below the poverty line compared to like seven percent of the white people well of course i just sounds about white. it was really interesting to me like especially because they you know had mentioned like they had this chinatown and there was this booming chinese like Right. At one point in time, there was only 600 people there, and of, of them, 100 were Chinese. Um, right. It's Yeah, I feel like there's a whole story there that's not being told. I get... I don't know. That's... It's very frustrating. <laughs> very unfortunate. Yeah. I just don't... Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know what I want to say on that. It's just really aggravating. Everything's aggravating. These unprecedented times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of living through unprecedented. Yes. Uh, I don't know. It's been a hard. It's been so hard lately. Anyway, we're not going to get into it. We don't have to get into it. So Ooh. that's a little bit about the city, and so now I'm going to talk about Preston Castle. The, the thing we're here the for. The thing we're here for. And um, the information that I'm pulling from Atlas Obscura, the Sacramento Boomer, I don't, I don't know. It was, uh. yeah. And uh, <laughs> press the PrestonCastleHistory.com. Okay. So one of the things that I found really interesting was that in the 1880s, if there were young boys, juveniles that were delinquents or criminals, they were just sent to big prisons like Folsom or San Quentin, which were near the area. Yeah, they just sent them straight in there. And so Edward Preston, who that's the namesake of the castle, was like, hey, that's probably not a good idea. And so he got a commission from the state in 1890 to build, they called it the Preston School of Industry um, because they wanted, they didn't, they were focused more on rehabilitation than incarceration. And so mm-hmm. uh, they set up the ref- set it up as a reformatory where they focused on teaching a trade. Um, okay. And was this specifically for like underage juvenile or was it for anybody? Uh, this was specifically for juvenile boys. Uh, they had 12 okay. to 20, I think 12 to 24 was the age. Um, okay. But the state legislature legislature ordered the building to be constructed, and it was completed in 1894 and opened. Um, okay. So the the building itself, the the first they referred to the they're not prisoners, right? Like the 
uh, detainee. I don't know what you want to call them. They refer to them I as guess. wards. So the first mm-hmm. wards of the Preston School of Industry arrived in June of 1894, and the school officially opened on July 1st. And then a year later, they got electricity. Um, oh. So initially, there was no electrical lighting um, or anything like that. But at its time is an illusion. I have no idea. I, I have no concept of time and like when things happened. And no, don't ask me like, when things. It blows my mind because my house was built in 1850, and I'm like, so did it have electricity? It didn't. Have, right. Did it have plumb? I don't know. I don't know. So, so 1895 is when they had electricity. Yes. I don't, I don't know. Nothing is real. I just, because didn't our like great grandmother talk about like having, they, they, she remembered getting plumbing, indoor plumbing or something like that, but they still use the outhouse or something like that. Well, great, great grandma, like grandma was two or Rogers, either way, the one that was right there. Right. Um, I know that like they had plumbing as far as water but they didn't have like the out there was no bathroom in that house yeah there was that outhouse out there two-seater i uh, really yeah you don't remember that <laughs> Listen, not, y'all, not really they, uh grandma believed that uh poop didn't belong in the house so that's why they kept the outhouse uh. and it was a two-seater so you know like you and your cousin could sit there and be like what's up while you're taking a dump i would never I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I had to cough. COVID's a It's okay. COVID's I'll a real cut thing. it the best I can. <laughs> I'm going to take a minute to really cough this out. Okay, she's going to cough it out, and I'm going to cut it. <laughs> and if I have good skills, you'll never know. You'll never know that it happened. Perfect. But yeah. Yes. Nope, that was a two-seater, friends. That Oh, my gosh. I mean, like, can I really... S- well, no, I'm not going to say that. It's not that me and my significant other sit in the bathroom together and hang out. Like, we don't do that. We don't do that. Who does that? Yeah. Who? I, who? <laughs> I don't know. Just time is so weird to me. Like, things like when you find out Martha, Martin Luther King Jr. and Anne Frank were in the same time frame. And you're like, what? Right. Like, it, but they put it all in black and white. So you act like it wasn't anything recent and not relevant, even though it's relevant. See, we're getting so close to getting off the rate. I told you <laughs> I, I'm fired up today. I've had so many conversations today. Uh, yeah, no, I'm <sighs> hmm. Movies. We talked about if we were going to talk about it. Here's my quick note. Thoughts and prayers don't work. Uh, that's all. Yep, that's, that's all I'm going to say on that. Yep. And we'd be remiss to, uh, yeah. Yeah. So Preston Castle. (laughs) (laughs) Scary stuff. Ghosts. Right. So the building itself, like it's this, it's a 46,000 square feet. What? It's that's massive. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. Five floors, uh, 77 rooms, 43 fireplaces, 257 windows. So, wow. Yeah. The building itself housed administrative offices, reception and sitting rooms, a dining room, physician's office and pharmacy, a reading room, library and school room, dormitory, locker room, numerous bathrooms and lavatories. And the basement housed a kitchen and bakery, as well as a laundry, furnace and storage facilities. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it was pretty much like self-sustaining. Like they, yeah. they butchered pigs there. They like they com- had the garden. Um, it was a completely self-sustaining facility. It was like it's almost almost its own little. Gosh, not community. Like I don't even know what commune, something yeah. like that. Just its own. Yes, self-sustaining. You already said it. Yep. 
Uh, it was a military-styled school. Ward spent half their days in school and the other half learning a trade that could support them upon their release, which sounds fantastic, right? Sounds so progressive for the yeah. time. Uh, they offered training in 28 different industries. And there was a program that was offered through Stanford University, which was nearby. Um, the boys who exhibited good behavior were sent to live and work at a ranch owned by the university. Uh, and they lived at the Stanford University Honor Cottage and were employed for uh, general ranch work and got paid between $2.50 and $4 a day. At what? In what year? Uh, I mean, this is still 18. No, this is 1922 is where we're up to. I don't know. I don't have my inflation calculator up, but that doesn't sound too bad. No. And truthfully, if once they were successfully paroled from the school, they were given the opportunity to lease 10 to 20 acres from the farm that they could work for themselves. So the... so this place was like, honestly, that sounds really good. Yeah, No, the intention of the institution was very good um but as many intentions are um there were a lot still plenty of stories um that you kind of expected from these places stories of beatings whippings brutality the inmates routinely were showing up in newspapers even at the time it's not like it was it was hidden they were reporting so was it it like ward to ward abuse or was it like all uh, of the above um good yeah yeah uh so it was while the school was intended to rehabilitate juvenile delinquent boys um, at times, it became a place for parents that they would just drop off unwanted children. Problematic children. Yes. Especially during the Depression, or if they just couldn't afford them. They were just dumping these kids off. Like, here, yeah. I can't, well, boys, anyway. Um, they would just dump them off and leave them. Um, the facility offered the boys a roof over the head and three meals a day and the opportunity for vocational training. So a lot of parents saw it as a better opportunity than what they were able to provide. And you said it was militaristic also, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Some of the notable graduates of the the school include Merle Haggard, uh, actors Rory Calhoun, Lee Cobb, and Eddie Anderson, and tennis star Poncho Gonzalez. The first two gen gen you and Lee sounded familiar. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. You say Merle Haggard? Yeah, yep. I don't know. That really rings a bell. I don't know why. Um, I mean, he's a country singer, Merle Haggard. Maybe that's why. And David Allen Coe mentions his song, his name, and the song "You Never Even Called Me by My Name." Like, oh. you don't have to call me Merle Haggard. Oh, well, there we go. Yeah, I don't know. It's, <laughs> I don't know. If you've ever sang karaoke, there's always someone who's going to sing it, so. I mean, that sounds familiar, probably, yeah. Yeah. It's still, it just suddenly took me back to Lawrenceville, that guy. If you listen, if you listen to that episode, now I'm testing you about the guy who just performed his heart out at this, at this haunted location. I don't know why. Hello. Do you remember that? I, you Vangle. might not have caught that episode, because you might have been, I don't know if you were on vacation when that happened yeah it just reminds me of this guy haunted building very empty it echoes really loud they had a main hub where we kept yeah, our stuff yeah yeah and yeah and he just sat in that hub and played his guitar like he was performing for like a stadium hey i'm just like dude i can hear you halfway across the building ghosts like entertainment too 
I guess. Lots of Alan Jackson, which we like. Randy Travis, things like that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> no Merle Haggard. So, um, now we get into the darker history of this place like things start getting wild here Mm -hmm. like real wild um to give you a list of all of the deaths at preston would be impossible because the school the records have been purged over the years and um the state archives don't reflect everyone who was there so okay probably because a lot of them were dropped off right unexpectedly Yeah. yeah so record keeping is poor Um, But it is a known fact that there were deaths from the time the school opened until it closed, which I'll kind of get into when it closed later. Um, Mm -hmm. The first death at the school was due to illness or health-related issues, and that was Adolf Antron, who died on February 20th, 1895. So let's... Nancy right away. Yeah. Um, And he died from pulmonary edema. Something with the heart. I'm trying to use my context clues. Yeah. So the next boy who died that same year was Grant Walker. And we'll talk more because whether he can be lumped into natural or unnatural death is up for speculation. Okay. Um, But both of the boys are buried behind the castle. It had its own cemetery. So that's where a lot of these records come from. Yeah. Um. So the school's physician uh, in 1896 basically said that given the condition the boys were in when they were committed to the school, no one was surprised by the fact that many of them got sick, that they were hospital inmates, um, Mm -hmm. is how he put it. The entire facility had been exposed to some of the worst illnesses, including tuberculosis, typhoid, scarlet fever, epidemic influenza, tonsillitis, malarial fever, and pneumonia, as well as chronic illnesses such as epilepsy, um, regular fractures, bruises, abscesses, and contusions. Interestingly enough, though, even though they the Spanish influenza outbreak was from 1918 to 1920, um, no one, over half the officers were affected by it in a third of the wards, but none of them died from the illness. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's that at least. Yeah, super interesting. Um, but in total, there are 18 wards that are buried in the cemetery behind Preston uh, Castle. Um, mm-hmm. Of them, 15 were listed as dying from illnesses. So... I could go through all of the natural ones, but there's there's 18 names. It's a lot. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and again, the only reason there are such detailed records about the ones that were buried on the – are there are because they were buried on the property. Um, mm-hmm. And they were buried there because the school gave a certain allotment of time for the next of kin to claim the body. Like once the boy died, the family could come get them. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of the times they either had no family to notify or their family was poor, so they wouldn't have been able to bury the child properly anyway, so they just left them to the school. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, super sad. Um, so now we move into the unnatural deaths, and I'm going to go back to Grant Walker, who I had listed before. Um, they said that he had died of an illness. Um typhoid fever however mm-hmm. um one of the deaths listed so there were two deaths listed that year in the biennial report and um 
one of the deaths was from accidental burns and intestinal ulceration. Uh, and the other was definitely Adolf Antron. Um, yeah. So unclear what that really means other than it sounds like he ingested something toxic and it burnt his insides. That's I'm like, is he, was he just like a fire eater and he was really bad at it? Yeah. I have <laughs> That's... no idea. Yeah, that's weird. The toxic thing makes, like, more sense. I don't know why I was like, fire eater. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Like, that was my first thought. But still, horrible way to go. Just horrible. Yeah. Right. Um. So then, moving on with the unnatural deaths, Joseph Morgan uh, died in July of 1899. He was shot after escaping the school. Oh. Yeah, so they had, like, a legit sniper tower, and when boys would try to escape from the school, they would just shoot them. I mean, I guess I, I guess ultimately they were still... Criminals. Inmates. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of them, some were just dropped off, which is, I don't know, I found it really shocking that they, like, straight up were shooting these kids that were running. Yeah. It was weird to me. Um, next is Herman Huber, died October 17th, 1911. At the time mm-hmm. that the staff was ringing the dinner bell, Herman and another friend, John, attempted to escape the school in the dark. The watchman went after them, and although French claimed he only meant to shoot a warning shot to sound the alarm so that the superintendent could know that something was happening, another ward, Ernest Reed, claimed that he watched French shoot Herman in cold blood. Yeah, I mean... I I forgot to shoot the gun upwards. Right. I forgot like to I shoot it not in the direction. Yeah, just a lucky shot, I guess. Yeah, and like as it, as it kept going on, I was like, how many of these kids did they just straight up shoot? Right, and how many of them were things like that where they're like, oh, it was an accident, and it was not an accident. Right, and to me that brings to question, like, if they were just willing to shoot these boys that were running, and the boys still continued to run, knowing they could be shot, how bad did they How happen? bad was the abuse in there? Right. Or the conditions, or, like, uh, like communism sounds good on paper. I don't know, we're not going to get into politics, right. but, like, it's almost like the Preston Castle sounds really good on paper, but clearly... I mean, if they're trying to run away, I don't know. Right. I don't know. Uh, there was another boy who drowned accidentally while swimming. Um, a couple of people who unalived themselves. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, let's see. Another one that uh, Ray Baker died in July of 1924 while in an attempt to escape Ray Baker attacked and tried to murder guard Thomas Dooley by choking him. During the struggle, Dooley managed to get his pistol out and he shot Baker. Yikes. Right. Um, but then, the, so those are the wards. There were also staff deaths, like staff that worked there. Um, yeah. And one that I'm sure that you'll get into is uh, Anna Corbin. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know how much you want me to talk about her if you want to just cover. I mean, you can cover what you like. Sure. (laughs) It's fine. Yeah. Uh, So Anna Corbin died February 23rd, 1950, and is largely the most talked about um, murder that took place at Preston. Um, There's a lot of complexity to her death, 
so it's hard to get into all of it, but essentially she was found in the basement storeroom in a half sitting position in the corner of the basement and rugs had been placed in an attempt to hide the body. She had been choked and bludgeoned and her cause of death was from skull fractures due to her head hitting the concrete floor of the basement. Um, and people were very confused about why this would happen to her because all around she was regarded as a beloved staff member. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, that's a whole other separate, like, true crime episode, and it's still unsolved. Um, they don't know what, yeah, who killed her. Um, <sighs> no, that sucks. That sucks. Right? Another of the staff deaths that is also, um, I'm sure will, may pop up in yours, is James Whedon. Um, he was the agricultural teacher. And he was brutally attacked by two wards on the Preston property. After assaulting Whedon, they stole his vehicle and his wallet and escaped. They were eventually caught and tried as adults. Um, and yeah, he, um, even though there are a lot of things that say that he was murdered at Preston, he was actually transferred to a hospital where he succumbed to his injuries later from that. Yeah. Beating. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's some of the notable deaths. And there are more. Like I said, I could cover that for a hot second. But yeah, yeah. Um, in the interest of time, those were the most interesting ones. But the school itself, when it, it kind of came to its end, um, in 1960, it moved out of the castle and into some newer buildings surrounding um, the area. And actually I really didn't see whether those buildings are still in use for that purpose or not. Cause I was more focused on the original building. Um, right. But the castle itself remained abandoned until 2001. So from 1960 till 2001. Um, and then a 50 year lease was given to the Preston castle foundation. And they've been since working to preserve and restore the building. Are they trying to restore it to the point of, being used again or um i don't know i know that they're doing like they do ghosty tours and things like that um and historical tours but and i saw that like you pay money to do these tours and they specifically said that a portion of those fun like part of the reason for the cost of the tour is to go towards the renovation of the building right so I don't know. I don't know if they're going to try to pull a Waverly on it and try to turn it into, like, a bed and breakfast, which I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah, I, it is such a large building. It's huge. Um, so, I mean, I understand, you know, the want to save it, but I don't know what else it could be used for, you know, to, yeah, to I maintain no a idea. building of that size. I don't know right the cost of it alone i don't i have no idea i just i feel weird about i feel like we've talked about this on the podcast before about uh places like waverly like preston like i don't know i can't think of any other examples right now but how they charge for you to come check it out what bobby mackey's yeah they charge for you to come check it out do these investigations and at a point if these are not residual hauntings in their intelligent hauntings even if they are residual hauntings do are the ghosts like i'm not a performing monkey like i'm not just gonna keep haunting the place night after night to appease these these paying customers i don't know do that do does it kind of numb the place of spirits well not only that i kind of felt that way 
like when we were at Whisper Estates, even Whispers Estate, Whispers Estate. I see now. Where's I don't know. S? Now that you did that, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Whisper is Whisper Estates, I think. Yeah, I mean, I should know this, but like the building the Oculus Room in there and having mirrors everywhere and the possessed dolls in the one room, like yeah, yes, the when these haunted places are turned into haunted attractions, you mm-hmm. have to wonder how much of it is forced, especially because like with, um, whisper, a lot of people in the community really balk at, at it being an attraction. Cause they're like, there's nothing there. Like it, it is what it is. It's fine. But it's listed right. as one of the most haunted places in America. Yeah. Aren't they all? Aren't they all? <laughs> It does. I don't know. Sometimes it does worry me. Obviously, I like doing these investigations. I almost miss the days of when we would not places, trespass. Right? Yeah, <laughs> and because it just felt more real. I don't know. Like it does almost feel like an attraction now, or like waiting in line to get on a ride. But I don't know. I don't know. Oh my goodness! You guys can't see you it, can't but there is a it, but... <laughs> there is a cat. <laughs> he, Brianna's cat is in a dinosaur costume. He is a dragon. A dragon, my bad. And that makes sense. He's, he has he's been wings in, and he's been in this costume for three weeks now. He won't why he won't let me take it off of him. It, I think because it's kind of tight on him, it's helping his anxiety, and he's actually been a very loving kitty ever since I've I was gonna off. say I never see him just hang out with you. Nope, he does now because he's a dragon. I guess he's much, much more uh, strong and, it helped, you know. It really helped his self-esteem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, I got my cats out here running around naked, crazy. Like, here, there's Piggy's uh, collar just laying on the floor, running around in the nude. I can't deal with these animals. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Well, and the chicken. I, I do kind of miss when we could just sneak into places and weren't really afraid of consequences and yeah and part of me also wonders if a lot of the scary stuff then was kind of due to the adrenaline of sneaking into places oh for sure like half worried about getting caught you know right i mean obviously i do still genuinely think that places are haunted and that ghosts are real i wouldn't be doing this if i didn't right but some places it does feel very forced uh i didn't like that they wanted to turn waverly into a bed and breakfast i thought that was i don't know it just feels weird to me for sure uh okay i'm gonna so that's what super you... cough before you get started so i can all right well i'm gonna talk as if i you're not coughing and once again <laughs> hope that i can cut the audio <laughs> i should be able to mute that at the very least okay. oh my gosh i'm trying to pull my notes up in my phone i I like dived off the deep end into the Apple products and I have the Apple watch and there's a, there's a setting you can have that it will unlock your phone. Even if you have a mask on, it's like made to recognize you well enough that it will still unlock if you're wearing a mask because that's the times that we live in. That's bizarre. I know. And mine will, even if I like have it just down here and I'm not quite staring at it, it's like, I think that's your face. Your phone's unlocked and my, my watch will tell me. But I I looked one time, I had to finally change the name of my phone to Kelsey's iPhone, because one day I got in my car, 
and I saw the Bluetooth flash and it said iPhone 7. Oh. I was like, iPhone 7? Like, what in the world? So, and then when I got in my car later the day, it was iPhone 8. I said, who is she? Like, why is it doing this? Oh. <laughs> and we visited Megan in the hospital uh, for the baby. And then when I got back in my car and turned on the car, it said iPhone 95 connected. Oh. It like, so it somehow has renamed itself 95 times yeah. in just a couple weeks. So... I don't I don't know. Currently it's just Kelsey's iPhone. We'll see what it is tomorrow. I don't know. But anyway, I will be honest with you. This is so dumb, but I had a hard time just finding haunted experiences and separating them from the history cuz man, everything I picked out it like it said specifically this is uh Preston Castle haunted stuff and then you read it, it's everything you just read. It's like people see some spooky stuff. <laughs> go visit. And like, that's it. I'm like, that's not haunted history. Like, that's not what I wanted. Right. So I feel like I didn't get as much as I wanted. I was trying to find, I even like looked at Yelp and stuff. Cause sometimes people will leave reviews, especially for places like that, that you pay to see the haunted things. And I couldn't, again, people were like, it was really spooky. I would, I would definitely go back. It's haunted. I'm like, well, what happened? Like, dang, what? tell me. Like, I, I don't know. But I did find some information from hauntedjourneys.com. Okay, cool. And you said I was going to, like, touch base. I might touch base on some of those people, like, especially the... <laughs> There's the dragon again. <laughs> He's very cute. That's very cute. I Yes, 10 out of 10. <laughs> but I don't know if it... I don't think it says the names. That's You said the names. I was like, oh, crap. I don't think I'm going to cover that person. But I do. Okay. So hauntedjourneys.com just gives you the general, here's what you're probably going to experience there. So it's, uh, it starts with, with such pain and suffering, there's no doubt the haunts here are off the, to off the top. Indeed they are. Who? Okay, we're starting weird. Sorry, they wrote that weird. I just did uh, get, like copy and paste, I'll be honest with you. And it says, one of the most popular ghosts that is said to wander through the halls of the Preston Castle is a nurse. See, they don't name her. Uh -huh. uh, but a nurse that died in the structure at some point during the 1950s. This was the problem I had. Do you see how vague it is? Uh, Do you see this? Not yeah. A nurse sometime in the 1950s somewhere on the property. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming that's Anna Corbin. And yes, it was February 23rd of 1950. I, I am. It's stupid. It's believed that a disgruntled inmate housed in the facility became aggressive towards the nurse and severely beat and kicked her. Oh. Which I'm like, if you didn't have that information, why do they have that information? This is speculation. We don't know. And as a result of the injuries, she passed away in the castle. And they don't say anything about the being covered up. No. I'm telling you, for being such a haunted location, mm. I struggled. I struggled. But it says today, many have claimed to have seen and continue to see this nurse roaming the halls and rooms of the structure. I have to burp a little bit. Sorry. Uh, the institution cemetery appears to be another paranormal hotspot. The small cemetery on the grounds of the haunted castle was designed for individuals that passed away while at the facility. While there are only, this is 23 graves recorded. Uh, to be in the cemetery, there are several stories that claim that there is an intense paranormal activity occurring at the site of the graves. And there is little doubt that the spirits that were left behind for more moral wounds are restless and detached because of the lives that they led here. 
Those that have toured this property have experienced witnessing doors slamming on their own, objects falling with no logical source, many hear disembodied voices and other unexplained noises. Visual unexplained phenomena have been experienced in and around the Preston Castle Cemetery, while others have actually received a ghostly physical contact. So lots of the general spooky nonsense that happens a lot of places. And it does go on to say that the stories of the ghosts and hauntings have been documented on various television shows. Like you said, Ghost Adventures, Ghost Adventures that's featured on Travel Channel. Ghost Hunters actually also did it. I know you Ooh. almost said Ghost Hunters, but they did do it as well. And they, yeah, conducted investigations. It's all documented, blah, blah, blah. Apparently, Zach Bagans got possessed. He did. Which, <laughs> you, I've seen the episode, and you've seen the episode. Yeah. He, I, we've talked about Ghost Adventures before. It's Oh, my God, trip. what was that? <laughs> right. His, Whoa, his reactions is... Whoa, feeling part- right now. Like, it's just the, I can't explain it. It do- I feel like I've said this before, but if you've ever seen Ghost, or sorry, Grave Encounters, how kind of like over dramatic and over the top they are about could this be ectoplasm from a residual? Ha-? And they're just like finding the silliest things to be like, is this is this haunted? Is this spooky? That's how ghost adventures feel sometimes. Yeah, no, for sure. Which, <laughs> um. I feel real lame because you did such a good job for your first episode. That is what I found. That is what I found as far as written goes. I will say I looked up YouTube videos. There honestly uh, weren't that many, though. I did find one, so I think I'm going to provide the link okay. on in the link to this episode and probably on Facebook, what have you. But there's one. It's about four or five minutes long. And I like the reason why I liked this one and I'm going to include it is it seems like something that we would do. It's not ghost adventures, ghost hunters level. It's not staged or anything like that. It looks like video footage we could have taken, and they're using, like, laser grids, and, you know, they're recording with video cameras and with voice recorders, and it's just amateur investigation stuff that I like, (laughs) which is, like, what we've been doing. And they actually caught a couple EVPs that sound... It was pretty convincing um i'm trying to think of a few that they say off the top of my head some of them they were like intelligent responses they were saying can you make a noise can you say something and you hear i think i mean power of suggestion they put in quotes what they think the evp is saying but you hear them asking the spirits to like make a noise say something move something and then you hear pretty clearly whispered from like a woman uh, would you like that or would you like me to do that or something like that and it's some of them some of the EVPs that they list are you have to really listen for it and I'm like I guess I could hi- kind of hear that but that that first one the would you like me to do that it's some it's a straightforward question to their kind of you know do this for us and they're like oh is that what you want yeah um there was a pretty distinct hello and they show they are using like laser grids and you can see where the the grid is kind of comes out of focus or lights move as if something walked in front of the light grid so but i did also find a youtube video of a group called oh for pete's sake what is it i gotta click on the link again 
it it looks like they specifically do youtube uploading instead of like on tv they're called overnight and i don't know how i haven't heard of them because they look they're on like a paranormal u.s tour right now they have 1.41 million subscribers on youtube and it looks like a full-blown episode that has been edited and professionally worked on and they're and they do it's a full 40 43 minute 44 minute episode that you can see them investigating the Preston Castle. Okay. So, unfor- I don't know. Unfortunately, just a lot of the generic things fall. You hear voices, blah, blah, blah. But a lot of people have been to the Preston Castle. And a lot of people believe that it is haunted. And I mean, given, like you said, all of the deaths that happened, natural or not, uh, the fact that kids were trying to run away from a facility that really should have been beneficial to them how bad were the conditions that they were just running away from it right i feel like things like that call for you know spooky spooky things yeah i and like you said though i mean it's it's hard when you just kind of hear generic stories you know like the same stuff that you've heard a million times I know, I'm trying to be more excited about it, but it does, after a while, saying disembodied voices, like, like everywhere else. Yes, got that. Now, on Ghost Adventures, there were two different people that ended up with scratches on them. Um, oh my gosh, that's not the episode where he's like, did something scratch me? It is. And he, his voice it cracks? Oh my gosh. It is. Uh, <laughs> but there were two people that, when they were just doing their, like, background research and interviewing that weren't part of their investigation that also got scratched so oh yeah i mean that is one of the episodes i will say there are some episodes of ghost adventures where you could tell they're like really reaching to give you some evidence and i feel like the preston castle was not one of those places honestly i don't know that they really ended up having that much evidence and i'll like i gotta be honest it started off with their investigation with zach grabbing like a belt and announcing that they were the new supervisors there and like slapping the wall. Oh my gosh. I remember that. We're here to get you boys together. Like, like you've got (laughs) to be kidding me, dude. Like, yeah, just go ahead, walk right in and start provoking right off the bat. That sounds brilliant. Right. And then he'll say like, don't provoke. If you're, if you're investigating on your own, we don't suggest provoking the spirits. And then he starts slapping the walls and hitting the, hitting the cells. And yeah, yeah i do room is is it like two two floors of cells and see i don't remember the cells um but because i mean the building was in pretty bad shape when he went there i don't and it was like season two episode one of ghost adventures so i mean it's fairly old episode and the building was in pretty rough shape then so i don't know how much i was gonna say worked on it even on trip like trip advisor i was looking at reviews and it was frustrating again people were like it's pretty haunted and then like had nothing to say about it but a lot of like they were getting low reviews because they're like the building's in pretty rough shape i'm like yeah dummies it it's was like empty for 40 years 130 years old and you're like man it's in really rough shape you should work on that like <laughs> that's why they're hello yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know i just wish 
like the places like the Preston Castle and locations that we've done recently. Like I wish we could go to these places. Yeah. Time, unprecedented times, funding, things like that. People having babies. Hmm. People getting Marona. <laughs> yes, it stops you from taking these trips. We do still try. We were actually just discussing. I'm going to keep it a secret before we start recording a location that we might go to. Fingers so crossed. something to look forward to. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. We have, there's a couple places that we've been looking into that I hope, I hope work out Yeah. for the first Thursday. So, so I think that's it for the Preston castle. I feel like I'm sorry. I fizzled out on it. One it's very hard to find information that wasn't already everything that you said. And two, I'll be honest, it has been a rough week, y'all. Well, <laughs> I've been so busy and And not only that I was like, this is what I got. But sometimes the true history is worse, you know? Like the horrific yeah. things that happen are just bad enough, you know? Right. I sometimes I find the history part interesting enough. I know we're all here for paranormal things, but the reason why things end up being haunted to me are just as interesting as the hauntings themselves. Right. And that's like, I mean, a lot of people talk about that, like Auschwitz is haunted. Okay, maybe. But like, Mm -hmm. with everything that happened at Auschwitz, like, isn't that enough? Like, right, Right. that's not good enough for you. Um, and I, I mean, yeah. I think that it, this place, you know, Preston Castle was at least a merit to like learn that even with the best intentions, it still didn't go well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Crazy times. Nope. 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 <laughs> so that's, that's all I got. I don't know. That's all yeah, I got I don't for have you. Anything else. Um, <laughs> Listen, yep. one is sick. One is very tired. Yeah, it's a week. It's been a week. But hopefully next week we'll. Uh, I say I'll be around for a while as we give Megan <laughs> some time to rest and recuperate. Um, yeah, yeah. So everyone knows, baby's doing well. Mom is doing well. Yeah, I know. The thing is. She's a pretty cute baby, I'll be honest, and maybe I'm a little biased, but some people will say, like, oh, my baby's so cute, like, I love them so much, they're so cute. You know darn well there are ugly babies (laughs) out there, but people can't, you can't just say that to somebody. For sure. Uh, But she's a cute baby, I'll be honest with you. I'm looking forward to meeting (laughs) her when I'm not plague-ridden. True, as soon as she gets here, you get back from traveling, and it's like, well, here we go. Pretty much. So... No, she likes to sit in a little ball. She just hangs out. She just kind of hangs out. <laughs> Bless her heart. She does She does this cry thing. I don't know. Megan tried to... I'll have to explain it to you later because I'm not going to sing it on, on, on the podcast here. But she does this cry that reminds me of an early 2000s R&B song. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I cannot think of the name of the song. Uh, but no, yeah, they're good. But until until Megan gets more into a routine with the new baby, she's got a long, a good chunk of maternity leave, which is nice. But so she's just going to take time to, like, do her own thing. She's got a lot going on. So I feel like it's fair to give her some time. For sure. So this was this was us deciding if this was going to work. I think this is going to work. This was just a first episode. Yep. 
doing it this way so it'll be better next time i swear yeah and hopefully you know we'll be able to be in the same room as other humans yeah yeah and then you have to deal with my cats crawling all over you they're perfect precious angels yeah i guess i guess i should bring the chickens up too they're noisy (laughs) (laughs) okay well i think that's gonna be all next week we'll be in next week's the first first... colorado no 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 next week what next week's (gasps) first thursday oh my gosh it's the end of the month what what time is nothing is real i already said this nothing's real time's an illusion so never mind next next thursday will be somewhere we've gone yep 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 so yeah get get excited for that i'm excited for that and then after that i do think it's colorado yeah it should yeah it was like either connecticut or colorado i am not good (laughs) with the alphabet so i don't know but until next time we'll see you next thursday bye goodbye thanks for listening mixing editing and music is by kelsey ingram our cover art is done by both of us visit our website at or so they say pod.com you can find links to our facebook instagram twitter and tiktok all at or so they say pod if you would like to donate and have access to all of our evidence from our investigations please visit patreon.com slash or so they say pod you can donate as little as one dollar to hear evps watch haunting videos and see photographic evidence we've captured during our travels you can also give a once-off donation to our paypal which will be linked on our website as well Merchandise can be found at redbubble.com slash people slash or so they say pod. You can find or so they say on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. And when you do find us, please make sure to rate, review, follow, or subscribe. We and the algorithms will thank you for it. See See you next week. week.